This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. It's time to know your opponent. Hour number three of ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Larry Hardesty, Gordon Damer. We head now to the Mile High City. That's where Jeff Legwald, who does a great job covering the Denver Broncos for ESPN, joins us. Jeff, Larry, and Gordon, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys? We're doing good, Jeff. Jeff, just give me your thoughts about this team so far with Sean Payton taking over. I, obviously, it's not the start that he would want. What, what, what seems to be the things that's holding this team back from kind of playing the way Sean Payton wants them to play? Well, you know, it's it's kind of wacky out here because the, you know, if you'd have asked people in July what the biggest issue was, it would have been, well, if they can just get Russell Wilson figured out, everything else will be okay. And here they are four games into the season, and Russell Wilson is the only thing that's figured out right now. And everything else has kind of uh, been a hodgepodge of, of trouble. You know, offensively, they've had a lot of penalties. A lot of clock issues, you know, timeouts wasted, things that Sean Payton was very critical of last year's coaching staff for in the preseason. And then defensively, we, people have just seen the sort of the, the fruits of, you know, firing a coach every two years and the turnover on the roster. They, they were a thin team in the preseason, and they've had some injuries, and it has shown up on defense uh, uh, they are last or near last in almost every category that you can think of. Uh, it seemed like last year, Jeff, the, the big story was that, that, that Nathaniel Hackett and, and Russell Wilson just never got on the same page. What has uh, Sean Payton done to get on the same page as Russell Wilson? You know, some of it, you've got to just give Russell credit. He He's done all the things people said he had to do. He, he you know, came back in much better shape. He had lost. Uh, he had lost some weight. Uh, he has been much more diligent about getting the ball out of his hands more quickly. Uh, they were one of the worst teams in the league last year, you know, snap to throw. Uh, and they have they've sped up Wilson's processing, and, and he's done much better with making the right decision at the right time. And I, uh, Peyton made that a priority when he came in. And, and just, again, some of it was, uh, Nathaniel Hackett and, and the coaching staff last year, they, you know, it was Russell's big arrival here from the trade, and they just gave him a lot of freedom uh, in how he handled you know, his daily routine. And Sean Payton essentially took all of that freedom away, told him, you know, lose some weight, come back lighter. And instead of you know, sort of asking Russell, what would, what would you be comfortable in in an offense, he said – this is the offense we think makes sense for you. And you know, I think I think those have been the biggest differences. Jeff, from your reporting, what was the big issue that sent Randy Gregory packing? I mean, you alluded to the struggles that the team has had defensively. Uh, was he bad in the locker room? Was he just not producing on the field? What were the reasons why he was uh, let go? It, it was a – I think it was twofold. There was production issue uh, – you know, he just hasn't done much on the field, and he's had plenty of snaps. I mean, the the uh, 
sort of football fiasco in Miami of a 70 to 20 loss. Uh, he pitched a donut, zero tackles, zero assists, zero sacks, zero hurries, zero quarterback hits. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's been that kind of year for him on the field. And his, his body language wasn't always the greatest. You could tell he was frustrated. And then when they moved Nick Benito, a, a second-round pick from a couple of years ago, passed him on the depth chart, uh, I think that was kind of the last straw. And then, I, you know, honestly, I think at one and three, Sean Payton was trying to do what they used to do more often back in the day and send a message to the locker room by sending a sort of a higher-profile player on his way. I know it's only four games, but how hot is the hot seat for Vance Joseph? You know, I think if if the players had not been so open and public about saying, look, this is an execution problem, not a plan, not a scheme problem, I think the seat would be hotter. Now, fans from Vance's tenure here as the head coach, certainly fans are all up in his business right now, but in the locker room, he still has a tremendous amount of support, and and a lot of the veteran players have stepped forward to even say, "Look, this is this is us, not him." And I think if the narrative was a little different, the seat would be hotter. But uh, he still has an awful lot of support in the locker room. But you guys know how it works. If you wear the headset, you know you wear the results, and uh, they were better in the second half of the Chicago game because they, they switched some things up, some very basic things, played more man, you know, rushed five instead of four more often, and it, and it worked much better. If, they, if he can build a little off that moving forward, I, I think things will be better for him. You know, the trouble is after the Jets, they get the Chiefs twice in three weeks, and uh, it's been a very long time since they played the Chiefs twice this early in the season. So uh, I think that the next few weeks could be very big for Vance. Hmm, interesting. Uh, Jeff, take me through this this matchup on Sunday. You kind of have two young corners going out there, right? You've got Patrick Sertan Jr. The Jets have Sauce Gardner. This is kind of uh, going to be a future, look, look into the future of, of uh, some talented young corners in the AFC. Yeah, you know, I asked Pat today, you know, can corners have rivalries? And, uh, he said he didn't think so, but he, He's, uh, you know, he's he's got or he's known Sauce for a little while, and and they do have. He said they do have contact, you know, during the season and stuff. So they are familiar with each other's games, but they're as good as it gets at that position right now. And uh, you know, for Sertan here, it's it's kind of a shame. He's he's been playing very very well, and it's been very very hidden and all of their other troubles, you know, all over the rest of the formation almost. Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong. Their defense wasn't that bad last year, right? Like, out of all the issues they had, the defense was okay. Well, I will say that it was an enormous difference uh, when they traded Bradley Chubb right at the deadline, November Mm -hmm. 1st last year. The defense was very good before that move and gave up roughly – 26 points a game, I think, after the move. So since that trade, they have struggled. Uh, They have not found anybody to fill that job. And they have, you know, again, they've had so much turnover. They've fired so many coaches here in the last few years. 
And every new coach wants, you know, 20 new guys, 30 new guys on the roster. This was not a deep team when they left training camp, especially on defense. And they had injuries at the worst spots uh, early in the year here, uh, including their nickel corner, Kwan Williams. That may be the most important injury they've had. He's yet to play this year, and they've had nobody to fill that role. So since the Trub, Chubb trade last year, they've had no luck on injuries, and they haven't done particularly well in, in filling sort of the role he played in the defense. So, Jeff, uh, from a offensive standpoint, what is uh, what is Russell Wilson and company expecting from this Jet defense that has been has great, you know, a great reputation? They play well, but they've been kind of a bend that don't break defense. They've given up a ton of plays on third down, and they've not been that great against the run. Well, I think that would, I think that may decide it. You know, we we talk a lot about the quarterbacks, but. The Broncos do run the ball well. They just don't commit to it, you know, very often. I think sometimes John Payton wants to take the tour around this enormous play sheet he has instead of just pounding away at the the 10 or 12 plays that really work. And I I think the wild card for the Broncos will be that they have a rookie running back, an undrafted rookie, Jaleel McLaughlin, who has been one of their most explosive players uh, this season, but they just don't play him very much. But if they they toss him out there a little more, he could be an issue, you know, for the Jets to deal with. And I think ultimately, you know, they're going to have to handle those inside guys up front for the Jets, you know, defensive tackle. And if, if they don't do a good job there, it'll be a long day for them. Jeff, last one for me. Just when you thought things had maybe cooled off a little bit between uh, the whole Sean Payton comments in the offseason about the Jets and Nathaniel Hackett, uh, obviously you have this game. Uh, how has Sean Payton been um, uh, attacking this game in, in regards to those comments that he made in the offseason? <laughs> He's hoping we will all ignore them. He's dismissed every attempt we've had to to ask about it, but you know, it's out there. He said it and, you know, no one disputes it. And it, it is kind of interesting. He is, he is always all over the players about don't say the wrong thing publicly. Don't put yourself out there. And here he is the one who did it the most uh, this season. But uh, I thought it was very telling that uh, Nate Nathaniel Hackett said, uh, today that Peyton had not contacted him when Peyton had sort of promised in August he would reach out to both Robert Sala and, and Nate, and, and he didn't. I know I know Sala wouldn't say if he had talked to Peyton, but, but Hackett said today he had not. So uh, Sean Peyton did not follow through with his promise to uh, talk to them both at what he said, quote, at the right time. So maybe pregame they'll have a little uh <laughs> Maybe. Jeff Lakewell, thanks for a couple of minutes. Enjoy the game on Sunday. We'll talk to you down the line. Oh, anytime. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jeff. Our pleasure. Thanks, Jeff. Interesting, Gordon. I tell you, um, this is going to be a fascinating game. Oh, absolutely. It's not going to be as easy as as Jeff fans might think. You don't think? No, I don't think it's going to be as easy. I don't. I got a feeling about it. I don't think it's going to be easy. I, I think they I think they will find a way to pull it out. 
but uh, because I think Brees Hall has got some, you know, I think he needs to exercise some demons being mm-hmm. on that field. Sure. Because that's the field he got hurt on. Mm-hmm. So I think he, you know, and he's been pushing. I mean, he's had a couple of runs where last year Absolutely. he would have gone to the end zone. Mm-hmm. Well, now that they've taken the training wheels off for him and he's not on the pitch count, I think this could be a signature game for him. I really do. Well, Jets certainly could use it because they need this win in the worst way. They do. And it would, you know, make Zach Wilson's life a little bit easier too. A little play action, a little Gary Wilson, a little tight ends, make things a little easier. Put a, put a, put a half smile on Buddha's face. Not a full smile, a half smile on Buddha's face. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, this is a disturbing loss for the Commanders tonight. We've been talking for a while about who is going to be the first head coach to be fired. Is it going to be uh, Eberflus with the Bears or Josh McDaniels? Our Raider guy always calls up saying fire Josh McDaniels. Ron Rivera, he uh, would, in the words of Michael Kay, should not be buying any green bananas. This nope. is... I love my commies. 40 points. It's not good. And again, the Bears are terrible. Yes, they are. Like, what's worse, giving up 70 to Miami or giving up 40 to Chicago? Yeah, it's not, it's not what you want. At home. At home. Well, uh, DJ Moore was unbelievable. Wasn't oh, it? my gosh. He was all, this was, this is why they, they traded for him. Yep. Yep. This is what they expected. Mm-hmm. This is what they expected, but this was, I mean, this is a, it's a bad loss. This Terrible. is a really bad loss. They, they, they never made a play on defense all night. I know. Especially after you hung in there against Philly. I, and and I thought argue, their defense was supposed to be halfway decent, like getting, they say they, they used all these picks on, on, on defensive linemen and yeah, they did. Chase Young and all this. Yeah. Like, has there ever, uh, He's not a bust per se, mm-hmm. but in terms of what you have gotten out of Chase Young, from what it, what you were led to believe you were going to get out of Chase Young, yeah, you haven't gotten it. No, <laughs> you have not gotten it. There's no question about it. Hurt a lot. Oh, the, the the Commanders' performance almost as ugly as their uniforms tonight. <laughs> I saw that. Good job. What, what is it? What? Why? What? Yeah. Why do you want to look like the Steelers? Yeah, I don't know. They look like Steelers throwback uniforms. That's uh, that's the alternate uniforms. You know, oh, we all got to have those them. Are hit, those are hit. I mean, you could do so. I, all these teams, they have good colors to work with. Why don't you use the burgundy and the gold in there and come? Exactly. You can come up with something. Yep, absolutely. Something better than that. I could, I could find a, a person right now, like a college student who's mastering in like design. They could come up with a better uniform. Than absolutely, that. no question. Absolutely, it wouldn't even be close. Wouldn't he be close? You know, I, he he's a guy that's kind of skated, Gordon. But Ron Rivera, I, you know, new regime. I don't know. You know. Yeah, I th- I think it's I just a matter know. of time. I don't know if he's going to be the first one gone, but he's been there a few years. It he doesn't has. feel like uh, if it's about maximizing. But you know what you find, and I think Buddha kind of alluded to it earlier. Mm-hmm. In the end, like everybody does these power rankings. Oh, the power rankings. Yeah. Yeah. The power rankings are this. The Chiefs, the Niners, the Eagles, and the Bills. Yep. Those four teams, and then there's everybody else. Everybody else. You are correct. You are correct. It's it's crazy. It is. 
First win since October 24th, 2022 for Chicago. It's almost a year, Gordon. That They were the, the only team in, I think, any professional sport in North America that had not won a game since Elon Musk bought Twitter. Wow. That's how long ago it has been. Every team had had at least one win since then. It's not even Twitter anymore. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not. It's everybody refers to it. X, formerly Twitter. Yeah. Yep. So the whole move to X is not, nobody has moved. Everybody, it's X, <laughs> formerly Twitter. Formerly, yeah. Yeah, because, because you know, they haven't come up with, what do you say in place of a tweet? It's an X. What do you say? It's, 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 it's what? So stupid. I mean, think it's about a mess. This is that's a guy who's is. a billionaire, and this is what he's busy doing. You yeah, time for? Yeah, it's crazy. It really it's is no longer crazy. a ret- retweet. It's a repost. Yeah, yep. that, that flows. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. It's not what you want. It's not what you want. I got to tell you, uh, we'll go around the NFL in a couple of minutes. Real quick before we do that, Gordon, um, on the Dan on the Dan Agrossa show, almost gave him a European I've heard of, name. I've heard of it. Um, Anthony DeCormo was there, mm-hmm. and he had some thoughts about one of our top stories that we were going to talk about. So we'll do so here because we're going to go around the NFL in a couple of minutes for week number five, and that was Billy Epler resigning and. Gordon, Anthony told Dan he was kind of surprised. I thought he would at least last the winter, help with this transition. And I get the sense that some others within the Mets were surprised by this as well. It does create a bit of chaos in the front office. I'm sure it does. And, of course, there's as we reported earlier, Gordon, there's a pending investigation about some improprieties with the injured list during the year. And, mm-hmm. you know, Epler is working with Major League Baseball. And the question becomes, like, who ratted them out? And, <laughs> and who said something? Is it, is it, it was, Gordon, what's the show, Walter? Who, <laughs> right. Who, Taking who, everybody down with them. Yeah. Who, you know, who, I'm just making a joke. No, who, um, you know, who, who did this to them. And then, but the other thing with it, Gordon, to be honest is I just think I got the feeling from Epler, like, you know what? This was not what I, my role, whatever it was, was not what I thought it was going to be. So he's like, you know what? I'm out. But to be out, he's out at the worst possible time. Both of them are out at the worst possible times. You come from having a a 100 plus win ball club last season to a 70 plus win ball club this season. And both of you, one, one is told not to come back and the other one decides not to come back. It's not the way you want to go out. It's not the smoothest of transitions. And you would think because it's been such a foregone conclusion that, that David Stearns was going to be the guy that everything would have fallen in line. Like we would have gotten it all at one shot, right? Like right. the Bucks guy, we're, we're cleaning house. And then to get rid of Buck the way they did, okay, fine, that's, that, that's cool. But then to get rid of – and I don't think – Maybe it is, but do we actually think that the investigation of, of not using the, the injured list properly is what led to him being fought? No, I don't think so. I think it's just that David Stern wants his David Stern wants his own guys in there. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. Cleaning house is fine, but it is. You clean house you don't clean house one day and then clean the house another day. Right. You clean it one time. Clean sweep, right. That's it. Everybody out. Now the other thing that came out today is Peter Alonzo is now a Boris person. Yes. So Dan asked the Cuomo, does having Boris means Alonzo will leave or will he stay? 
that I don't agree with at all. And to the contrary, the Mets, you know, for years and years didn't deal with Scott Boris at all, and that was in large part because his clients were too expensive. Steve Cohen even said this at the trade deadline. He said, look, we let Brandon Nimmo get the free agency, and then we outbid everyone on him. And that is absolutely something the Mets can, and I certainly strongly believe will do if Pete Alonso gets the free agency and the Mets still want to resign him at that time. It's almost a better tactic for the Mets as well because you sign him now, you just absorb a little bit more risk. He has another good year, gets the free agency, he looks like the player that we've all known and that Mets fans have loved for many years, then yeah, who's going to outbid him? You have the richest owner in baseball. You don't have to worry about that. Whatever number you want to throw out there, the Mets can match. Alonso really wants to come back here. At that point, he will. Yeah. Uh, once again, and we talked about that earlier, Gordon, you know, Nimmo is a Boris guy. Scherzer was a Boris guy. Correa was a, is a Boris guy. And they were going to sign, even though the Correa deal didn't go through. Um, you know, they were Boris guys, and they were able to get the deal done because here's the one thing. <laughs> Cohen's got money, so Boris is not going to fool around with him. Boris will put his little, uh, you know, uh, project well, one sheet, uh, you know, together and uh, his presentation, and everything will be okay. Yeah, I think this is not bad news in any way. The only bad news is it's going to cost you probably a little bit more. Um, and, you know, Scott Boris is going to be able to ring out it. The, the one area I do think that it impacts is any chance of the idea of signing Pete this offseason and buying out one of those years of arbitration, I, it seems mm-hmm. like that would be out the window. That, that Boris, that's not his MO. He's going right. to take the guy to free agency and, and get everybody bidding against each other. And even though the Mets can outbid everybody, uh, I, I don't think that they're, they're going to follow that path of, of trying to get him signed earlier than that. He's going to be a free agent, and then the Mets can outbid everybody. So it might cost you uh, – as opposed to seven years, it might cost you nine years. But it's going to cost you in years, yeah. no question, no question. You, but you'll have if the Mets want him, the Mets will have him. Yeah, there's no, there's nothing. Hey, we really wanted him, but their their offer was just significantly higher than ours. There's nothing along those lines. If the Mets truly want him, and there's been some scuttlebutt of whether or not he's in the long term plans, of the Mets, they will have him. They will have him, and I, I think they'll have it. As a Met fan, I think they'll have it. I think he'll be here now. And here's the other thing, Gordon, you know, as we've seen this year, Cohen's got the money that if the eight, nine, and ten years are bad, he'll buy him out. Yep. We'll ship him off and buy him out. We've seen that. So that's the way it'll be. When we return, Gordon will go around the NFL, week number five. Interesting start with the Bears doubling up the commanders 40 to 20. That's not what we thought was going to happen tonight. We'll see if we can look into the crystal ball next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Time to go around the National Football League for week number five. And Gordon, tonight, this was a surprise. We saw a Bears team coming out determined that the 14-game losing streak is over. Yeah, DJ Moore might be uh, worth even more. Yeah, really. Eight catches, 230 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, now, if I remember correctly, promo code Gordon did well tonight, didn't you? Yeah, we had the we were on the over tonight. Uh, I've been uh, I've been using a lot of unders during these primetime games, but mm-hmm. uh, tonight felt like one of these. Now, I didn't think it was going to look like this, but I, I mean, you basically <laughs> hit the over almost in the first half. You were almost yeah. home free. Yeah, so but thanks, the- thanks to the uh, Washington defense for n- not stopping a cold. Oh boy. I mean, the Bears hit the over on their own, didn't they? They didn't need any. 
No, <laughs> uh, almost. It was uh, 44 and a half. So yeah, close. Yeah, pretty 40. close. Yep. Yep. Pretty close, 40. Larry. They did a good job. All right. Let's go. Sunday is next. Jaguars, what did they do to, get to stay in London for two straight weeks, huh? They should just move there. I mean, what are we doing? Nobody cares about them in Jacksonville. Come on. just And take the Tampa Bay Rays with you. Yeah, really? Both, how of, about the, both that? of them moved to London. Nobody will miss them. How bad, how bad were they showing up to the ballpark? Oh. Uh, wow. And, and the crazy chuckling. thing is they're building a new stadium right next door. I know. I know. Maybe they'll come to the new stadium. Ha, ha, ha. Anyways, Jaguars at Bills Sunday morning in London. Bills looking for their fifth straight 4-1 start or better. We're joined the 2002-2006 the Broncos and the 2002-2007 Colts as the only teams to do that in the last 30 seasons. Second game in London for the Bills. Gordon, by the way, they lost to the Jaguars 34-31 in uh, 2015. Bills have got three consecutive games with 35 points or more. One more would tie the franchise record. They've won their last three games all by 25 points or more, looking to be the fourth team in NFL history to win four straight games all by 25 points or more. And for Trevor Lawrence... He's been struggling. He's been held to one or fewer pass touchdowns in six of the last seven regular season games against the Bills. Against the Jets opening night, we got the worst version of Josh Allen. I think last uh, last week against the Dolphins, he got the best version uh, of Josh Allen. I mean, he was all over the place. He did everything. So uh, the Bills seem to be rolling right now. I had high hopes for the Jaguars coming into the season, and not that not the things are getting away from them, but... It doesn't feel like they've made that leap as of yet. So um, interesting game, one that I will be catching uh, maybe the fourth quarter of because I hate these London games. I'm not waking up at 9.30 on a Sunday to watch football. All right, we've talked a lot about the Giants and the Dolphins, so we know that that's one of the 1 o'clock games. The other one that I'm curious to see how the Steelers bounce back. They are hosting the Ravens. They've split their last 42 matchups, including the playoffs, dating back to 2003. The last six Ravens-Steelers meetings have been decided by five or fewer points. Steelers have not been over 500 through the first five games since 2020 when they started 5-0. and And Mitchell Trubisky, Gordon, likely to start if Kenny Pickett cannot play. For the Ravens, they're looking to start 3-0 and in division games for the second consecutive season. They hadn't done so since 2016 previously. Ravens lost their last three division games last season after winning the first three. Got to tell you, Lamar Jackson... Completed 74%, a little over 74% of his passes this season. That's the second best in the National Football League. Remember, he had never completed 65% of his passes in the season before now. Well, they made that switch to uh, Todd Monken this year, so they yep. were going to be more pass-heavy, and, and it certainly has agreed with Lamar Jackson. He was great, and, and that was a Browns defense that up until that game looked like the best defense in football. And they, he was making plays left and right, so... Uh, you would look at this game and, and look at the talent on both teams and think, wow, the Ravens are just going to slaughter them. But the Steelers at home as an underdog, Mike Tomlin's usually pretty good in that spot, so that should be an interesting game. By the way, just for you know, for you football geeks, on Sunday, Mike Tomlin and Jim and John Harbaugh, not Jim, John Harbaugh will look across the field from each other for the Steelers and Ravens for the 34th time. Wow. Gordon, that's the second most meetings between two opposing head coaches in NFL history, including the playoffs, behind only Curly Lambeau and George Hallis. And it feels like this week there's been a lot of uh, Mike Tomlin yes. 
opinions bubbling up. Yeah, it's been a long time since they've done this. A long time. They haven't won a Super Bowl in a long time. Yeah, he's over 500 every year, but is that really the goal? So uh, should be an interesting game. Should be. Should be. You talk about the team that needs a win, Saints at Patriots. The Pats have scored 55 points through four games. That's the fewest since 2000, where they scored 51. 2000 was Bill Belichick's first season as their head coach. Fewest points through five games under Belichick is 79. That happened in the 2000. Patriots will be below 500 through five games for the fourth consecutive season, <clears throat> all since Tom Brady left. Last one and four start, once again, Belichick's first season in 2000. Patriots have a minus five turnover margin, seven turnovers to two takeaways. They had finished 17 consecutive seasons with a positive turnover margin, which is the longest streak in NFL history. Thank you, Elias. For the Saints, two passing touchdowns this season. That's tied with the Bengals and Giants for the fewest in the NFL. Last week, Derek Carr averaged 3.4 yards per attempt. That's the second worst of his career. Can you imagine the Bengals with only two passing touchdowns this season? That's crazy. Well, this is a game that the Patriots need to kind of save their season. And coming off the thumping they got from the Cowboys, uh, they lose Matthew Judon. He's going to be out for a while. Christian Gonzalez is going to be out. I think he's going to miss the rest of the season. So uh, Patriots are, are look at staring them right in the face here. Uh, that, that This is a home game. They've got questions at quarterback all of a sudden again. And it feels like things might be spiraling out of control for the Patriots. Panthers in Detroit. Bryce Young, Carolina rookie, averaged five-point yards per attempt in the game for the first time this season. Week four, 6.4 points. Averaging 4.9 yards per attempt this season. One of two players averaging fewer than five yards per attempt. <laughs> Joe Burrow, amazing. Panthers 2-10 and 10 in September, October games since the start of last season. Worse than the National Football League. Panthers looking to avoid their fourth 0-5 start in team history. Will be their first since 2010. For Detroit, Sam Laporta, 22 receptions this season, third among rookies, third among, among tight ends, with three receptions, will be the third tight end with 25 receptions in the first five games of his career since 1950, joining Keith Jackson and Jordan Reed. Lions, 20 points in 13 straight games. That's tied for the longest in franchise history. Thank you, Elias. Lions, 3-1 and one for the first time since 2017, looking to go 4-1 and one or better Gordon, for the first time since 2011, they started 5-0 and and finished the season at 10-6. and Yeah, Lions don't have a lot of great history, so it's, it, I think that they're going to accomplish a lot of firsts since a very long time this year. And uh, this is the kind of team, if you're going to have the season that you're, you're hoping to have, this is a game that you got to win at home. Big favorites, right? Ten-point favorites, so... Um, they've looked really good, the Lions, so far. Their defenses look good. Their offense scores points, so there should be no problem taking care of Carolina. Gordon, this could be a fascinating game this weekend. It's the Texans at the Falcons. It's a 1 o'clock game. Atlanta 2-0 at home this season. They haven't won their first three home games in the season since 2015 when they finished 4-4 at home. Desmond Ritter, 12 a 12 total QBR over the last two weeks. That's the worst of any quarterback with multiple starts in that time. It's really been the Bijan Robinson show, right? 452 yards from scrimmage in his career, the most by any player in their first four NFL games in franchise history. William Andrews has the most through five games with 504. Robinson, once again, the only player to record 10-plus rushings and five-plus targets in every game this season will be the first player to do so in each of the first five games of a season since Matt Forte in 2014. For the Texans, they've got two straight wins. They haven't won three straight since a nine-game winning streak in 2018. 
And this is about C.J. Stroud, Gordon. No interceptions in his first 151 passing attempts. That's third most without an interception to begin a career in the NFL. Dak Prescott, 176. Tua, 152. And also Stroud, 1,212 passing yards, second most to a four-career game all-time behind Cam Newton, who's got 1,386. Uh, the most pass yards through five career games all time is 16-10, also by Cam Newton. But the Texans 0-2 all time in Atlanta. Texans couldn't be any happier with their quarterback and C.J. Stroud, and the Falcons could not be any more <laughs> frustrated with Desmond Ritter, who's looked really bad. And he's yeah. surrounded with a lot of talent, but uh, it just is not working there. And coming into the year, we all well, we looked at the I think the AFC South. I know I did. Jaguars, right? The yeah. Only one, only one playoff team in there. It's going to be the Jaguars. Clearly, all four teams are two and two, and mm. and the Texans. I don't, I don't believe in the Colts that much. I don't believe in the Titans that much. Texans, they, they've been impressive so far. They've yeah. surprised me. I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league, but um, C.J. Stroud has looked the part, man. He looks really good, Gordon. Really good. He doesn't look like a rookie. I tell you that. No, he really doesn't. Titans at Colts. Gordon, this is a pick'em according to Caesars. Titans 0-2 on the road this season. Lost five straight road games overall. That's the longest road losing streak since seven straight in 2014. They've won five straight against the Colts. That's the longest win streak in the series history. Jonathan Taylor ineligible is eligible, rather, eligible to return from the pup could play on Sunday. Remember, he led the NFL in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns as recently as two years ago. Anthony Richardson rushed touchdown in each of the first three games played, can become the seventh different player with a rushing touchdown in each of the first four games since 1933. Also, four rushing touchdowns through three career games already tied for the most by QB through the first four games of his career. Since 1950, Robin Griffin III did it in 2012. Cam Newton did it previously in 2011. Colts, 72% in red zone efficiency. That's third in the NFL. Last year, they were only 46%. They were 29th. Seven straight home losses for the Colts. Longest losing streak since losing eight straight in 91. Longest in franchise history is nine. Also, the second longest active streak in the NFL. The Bears with nine. Well, look, uh... I can't figure out either of these teams. I will say Anthony Richardson's a lot uh, better than I thought he was going to. I thought he was going to be more of a project kind of coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been fun to watch, so hopefully they can kind of keep him healthy and not miss any more time. I mean, who can figure out the Titans? One week they lose to the Browns like by a blowout. It was like 28-3. to Then the next week they win against the Bengals by like 27-3. to So uh, I, I don't know that that's one that I will be focusing much of my attention on this weekend. That I should agree. be a good game. It should be. Hardesty and Damer on ESPN New York tonight. We're going around the NFL for week number five. We'll look at the 4 o'clock games, the night games on Sunday and Monday when we return on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty and Damer till the top of the hour going around the NFL for week number five. Let's take a look at the four o'clock games on Sunday. Gordon Eagles at the Rams. Eagles seeking their fourth 5-0 start in franchise history. Remember last season they were 8-0 also in 2004 and 1981. But according to ESPN analytics, they have the toughest remaining schedule. Hmm. They are one of two remaining unbeaten teams. 49ers is the other one. The last remaining unbeaten team in consecutive seasons in 2005-06 was the Colts. Six teams to have a streak in the Super Bowl era. Two did so. Three straight seasons includes teams tied for the last remaining unbeaten. 
Eagles 18-1 and with Jalen Hurts as their starter. Yeah, and, and 10 straight regular season road games as a starter. He's won, so he's been pretty good. The Rams, well, they're seeking back-to-back regular season wins against Philly for the first time since 78, Gordon. The matchup record seven straight. After losing the previous six in the series, they last beat the Eagles at home in 2004 and last beat the Eagles in L.A. in 1997. Matthew Stafford expected to play, had a hip contusion in Indy last week. Three touchdowns, five picks this year. Uh, not good. He's he's just he's ahead. He's his uh, touchdown to interception ratio third worst in the league among 34 qualifying quarterbacks. He's ahead of get this, Gordon Ryan Tannehill and Daniel Jones. Wow. The Rams have been better than I thought, though. When Cooper mm-hmm. Cup went down, it just kind of felt like ah, this is not going to be one of the. It's not going to be their year, but they have uh, they've kept it afloat. They've kept it afloat. So well, you know uh, why? It's been that Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua. 39 receptions, 501 yards this season. Both great. started the most through four career year, four career games in the NFL. So he's been. I was so ticked I didn't get him on waivers that first week in fantasy. Oh, no. uh, it's, it's a it's poison to win that first week because then you have the yeah. if you're not using like a, a a bidding system, you have to go by who has the worst record. So it's it's actually a curse to win that first week. I hate it. Yeah. I know There's nothing worse than waking up on a on a on a Wednesday and you find out you didn't get the guy you were hoping to get. Ah, miserable, miserable, Larry, miserable. Uh, yes, I am a 52 year old man. And that's what I do. I wake up in the morning. I look to see who got waivers. Hey, listen, whatever it takes. I gotta quit this fantasy. Whatever it's ter- takes. You it's, go- it's, it's no, terrible. Come on, it's terrible. Come on, keep it's it going. The worst keep thing. it going. It's just frustrating. It's just a source of frustration. You're you're a year away from winning the big one. No, never happened. <laughs> you talk about the team needing to win, Gordon. Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. They're in Arizona. Four o'clock game. Bengals, 49 points this season. Second fewest in the NFL. Sorry, Harvey. Giants have 46. It's their fewest through four games since 2002, which is 23. Cardinals have more offensive touchdowns without Kyler Murray. Eight than the Bengals have with Joe Burrow. Three. Joshua Dobbs expected to make his fifth consecutive start, seventh of his career. He's got four touchdowns, no pick this season. By the way, no Cardinals player has ever had five passing touchdowns and no picks in their first five starts since the teams with the team since starters were first tracked in 1950. You know, we think we know all these things about quarterbacks and you got to do this and you got to do that and you got to draft them high. Then you have the Cardinals who got Joshua Dobbs like right before the season started in a trade it looked like their team was going to be they've been they've been really they've been pretty good they've been yeah. competitive in every single game so yep. uh the Bengals they desperately need a win right now uh and going on the road they probably looked at Arizona maybe before the year and thought oh well that's that's an easy W there it has not been easy W's for teams so far I tell you Gordon it, it's that's why we say ownership may be tanking but the players never tank no they never tank Kansas City at Minnesota. <laughs> Kansas City might be a bit perturbed about their performance against the Jets, so it'll be interesting to see how they roll into Minnesota. Kansas City seeking to start the season 3-0 on the road for the fourth time since Patrick Mahomes became the full-time starting quarterback in 2018. His first career game versus the Vikings has defeated every other team in the NFL except Kansas City and Minnesota, including the playoffs. This is according to Elias Sports Bureau. Mahomes will be the 10th starting quarterback in NFL history to defeat 31 different teams and will be the first to do it before the age of 30. 
He has thrown the touchdown to a tight end or running back in 16 consecutive games. As far as Minnesota is concerned, Gordon, they're seeking to avoid starting 1-4 for the first time since 2020. That season, they finished 7-9 and nine and missed the playoffs. Kirk Cousins, 11 passing touchdowns this season. Most in the NFL has thrown multiple pass touchdowns in every game this season. Second longest streak by a Vikings player to start the season since the 70 merger, which Tommy Kramer did it in six consecutive games in 1981. So why aren't they winning? <laughs> yeah, it just seems like something's off with them. Yep. It doesn't seem like they're clicking, and, and maybe it is uh, you know, early on. The first game, they didn't have Kelsey, and they lost a weird game to the Lions. But it just doesn't feel like they're... You know, you expect to turn on Kansas City and they're just throwing touchdowns to this guy and touchdowns to that guy. It hasn't clicked so far. It could very well against Minnesota. Their defense is uh, is, is not great, so uh, we'll see if uh, the Chiefs get rolling this week. Absolutely. Uh, we have talked so much about the Jets in Denver. We will pass. They've got a 425 game on Sunday. Sunday night. This is, Gordon, the game of the weekend. It is the Dallas Cowboys visiting the San Francisco 49ers. It's the first regular season primetime meeting since 1990. This will be the fourth such game in series history. Teams are 19, 19, and 1 in the series history, including the playoffs. Listen, Christian McCaffrey has been amazing. 14 consecutive games with a touchdown if he gets one on Sunday, including the playoffs, will be tied for the fourth longest streak in NFL history. Brock Purdy seeking his 10th consecutive regular season win would tie Mike Tomczak, remember him? And Mike Livingston for the second longest regular season win streak by starting QB. As far as the Cowboys are concerned, they've allowed 41 points this season. Fewest in the NFL need to allow fewer than eight points. They have the fewest points through the first five games in the season in franchise history, which was 49 back in 72. You know, that's when Too Tall Jones was back there. Cowboys seeking four and one start for the third consecutive season made the postseason in each of the previous two seasons. You know, everybody talks about Tua as a possible MVP, Tua as a possible. How about Brock Purdy? Yeah. Last week, he had one incompletion. He was 20 of 21. And in nine games that they have, nine regular season games that Purdy's been the starter, they've scored 30 or more eight times. Wow. Now, he's got a ton of weapons. I would agree there. But Tua's got a ton of weapons, too. I don't know. Brock Purdy's been uh, pretty amazing. And it, it almost is, is kind of discounted in some way because they have so many other great aspects of the game. I would say for any Jet fan who thinks the Jets' defense is uh, really elite or really high up, Cowboys, not watch those defenses and then get back to me. Yeah, this is true. Monday Night Football, Gordon. <laughs> Packers at the Raiders. Ellen Jersey, your Raiders are up on Monday night, my friend. (laughs) At least you get to enjoy Sunday. That's right. This this will be the first meeting between the Packers and Raiders since Devontae Adams was traded to Vegas in 2022. And the Packers and Raiders have been two of the worst first-half teams this season. I won't give you the numbers. They're too bad. I'll tell you this. Packers won eight consecutive meetings with the Raiders dating back to 1990 when they were in L.A. Last loss came in 87. This will be the first meeting between the two teams since the Raiders have moved to Las Vegas. Jordan Love could become the first Packer with a passing touchdown and rushing touchdown in three consecutive games. Gordon, the Raiders have lost three straight, six of their last seven dating back to the last season, but they haven't lost four straight since 2019. Well, it seems like just a matter of time before Josh McDaniels gets fired again. And Devontae yes. Adams' first meeting since his trade. Uh, another couple of weeks like that for the Raiders, he might be asking to get traded somewhere else. <laughs> he might have had enough of this Vegas whole thing. Absolutely. I understand. 
And that's week number five in the National Football League. All right, Gordon Damer, uh, what do you got cooking on Saturday morning following Mike Quick? I will say this, Larry. I have discovered this week um, what I learned on TikTok. I've learned one of my most fascinating facts of all time. And it's so fascinating, it might spur a second segment. I'm not going to give any more away because Harvey's going to be there. Joe's going to be there. I don't want to. I don't want to tip my hand. That's but the it's one of my. Tease. It's one of the, the the more fun facts that I've learned in a very long time. Wow! I'll be listening to that, my friend. All right, I'll be listening to good. that. Thank on you. My, I appreciate it. You're the on one. my All way right. to the airport. Oh, I'll be listening yes, on my way right. to the airport. All right. Thank so you for I'll, reminding me. Yes, I will see you in the week. Be good. Right. You All be right. good. And, uh, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Larry. Sounds good. All right, that wraps up this edition of ESPN New York tonight. We thank you for joining us, Harvey Joe. Have a great week. 